Welcome back, and we continue on with our joint meetings with our advisory boards, and we'd like to welcome the Environmental Advisory Council. Um, we have two members from that board that are with us uh, this evening, and they can introduce, them, introduce themselves and then share with us what they, um, uh, their information. Thank you. Uh, Zach Davis, I'm the chairperson of the EAC. Vicki Midas, secretary of EAC. All right, we'll get started. So, you know, as we mentioned, we're the Environmental Advisory Council. You can go to the next slide. Perfect, all right. So just as a refresher, the EAC mission is to, uh, we are dedicated to exploring and promoting ways to create a more environmentally protective and sustainable community while providing support and advice to the township's board of supervisors, commissions, and other personnel. Our goals that go along with our mission, we are developing policy recommendations, including those related to encouraging sustainable practices and improving township recycling programs, promoting natural resource conservation within the township and the broader community, increasing education and awareness through community activities, social media and TV specials, working with the community and regional and local environmental organizations to promote, to promote environmental education and outreach, and evaluating available grant funding opportunities to facilitate implementation of environmentally beneficial projects in the township. So I'll dive into a little bit of our recent accomplishments over the past year to two years. Um, number one, I'll start off with the EV charger expansion. Uh, we applied for a grant back in 2021 and the EV chargers at the township building were officially replaced slash installed earlier this year or late 2022, I can't recall specifically what it was. Um, so we went from two stations with two broken ones to six total charging plugs that can support four public and two township vehicles. And I have a little bit of the metrics later on that we can take a look at. We collaborate with various Upper Marion Citizen Boards, staff and local groups. Uh, a recent example of this is we've applied for grants through the BCA alongside Stormwater and Sanitary Commission as well as the Shade Tree Commission. Uh, we have a member on the Parks and Rec Board as well and we have um, members volunteering in various other fashions, uh, park partners at the farmers market. So we have a pretty good group of um, volunteers that are kind of uh, collaborating amongst the big matrix of our township boards. And this year we also recommended to restructure our permitting fees for sustainable residential projects. So we reevaluated the minimum, it's a minimum flat rate for EV charger installation at $44.50 per charger, up to two chargers at a residential house. And we also decreased and created tiered rates for solar installation. So there's different costs for 10 to 15,000, 15 to 20,000 and 20,000 plus. It greatly reduces the cost to uh, residential properties. The biggest thing that we're working on currently is our plastic pollution reduction within the township. We do have a litter problem yearly. We collect about 3.68 tons of trash a year through public works, and that doesn't even include our park partners program, which has collected 2.75 tons of trash over the past 10 events dating back to 2019. So we're collecting a massive amount of trash per year. So our draft ordinance is currently under review and we actually just got comments back like a day or so ago. So we'll be discussing those and we're modeling our efforts based on the greater community, specifically Philadelphia, Narberth, Lower Marion, and some of our other neighbors that are adopting it 
now, I believe. West Norriton, um, Ambler, Haverford, uh, the list goes on and it's a growing number. We're working alongside Penn Environment to implement the best practices across the region. So our proposed ordinance would restrict the following items. It would plastic bags, um, and that's defined as bags use, uh, created using blown film extrusion. So that's your thin plastic bags. Reusable plastic bags are acceptable and they will be allowed to be used. Plastic beverage serves and plastic straws, polystyrene food containers, as well as potentially evaluating plastic utensils. Upon passing, rollout would occur over about 180 days, so about six months. Right now, that would be roughly January 1st if our targets are hit. So taking a look at the township EV charger metrics, um, this data was provided by Public Works, and it kind of gives you a snapshot into how frequently our chargers are used. We have about six unique charging sessions per day, which amounts to a little under 2,200 per year. And that results in a cost savings for residents of Upper Marion of about $20,000 per year based on pretty conservative estimates of average price per gallon. It's probably a decent bit higher actually, but I just wanted to be conservative in that estimate. So it's a minimum of $20,000 that have been saved. And as we continue to grow our EV chargers, that number will just continue to grow. And you can see in this graph, there's not really any days in particular that get more charging or less charging. It's not like you're seeing a spike on the weekends or anything. It's just kind of a consistent uptrend. And you know, it, it shows that residents are coming in pretty much every day and charging. And it's not just like it's dead during the weeks and then spiking during the weekends. It's pretty much every day it's getting consistent usage. To that end, we've also applied to several BCA grants and they're currently pending. Um, one being we're installing and hopefully expanding our EV charging infrastructure by installing a dual-headed charging station at the Upper Marion Community Center. So this would be similar to the ones that we have at the Upper Marion Township building where there's uh, one station with two plugs so two cars can charge at the same time. There are no chargers at the Upper Marion Community Center and consistently when I go there I see probably one to two cars that would be able to use that. And, you know, the average, um, you know, visit to the community center is roughly about two hours. So this could completely charge a car, add about 50 miles to a car in that time period. The second grant we have open right now is uh, to go alongside our reducing plastic pollution within Upper Marion. And we wanna provide roughly a thousand reusable grocery bags to residents at township sponsored events, whether that's the farmer's market, uh, concerts under the stars, um, Earth Day Festival you know, in 2024 and other events so we can hand that out as well as some information packets to residents. And the third one we have pending is a demonstration rain garden for stormwater education. This has been jointly proposed by the EAC, the Shade Tree Commission and the Sewer and Stormwater Authority. This would be a demonstration garden in right around the community garden to essentially collect and pull water and you know, move it away from areas that are kind of getting close to residents' houses and flooding the area. So it would also be an opportunity to educate community members about reducing stormwater runoff and the benefits of installing rain gardens in their own properties. And it would fulfill three goals of the township's MS4 stormwater management plan. So this is a little bit closer look at the proposed rain garden. 
the area in blue is the community garden and the area in green is where we're proposing to put the rain garden. As of now, there's a lot of water that runs off into that neighborhood. So the rain garden would collect the stormwater runoff and filter it down rather than going into our sewage system. This is just a little bit closer look at the rain garden. Uh, we're proposing to put in only native plants, so ones that will have little maintenance and soak up a lot of water, and restricting the use of invasives so we don't have to worry about one dominating another. So this will be the most environmentally, ecologically friendly way to do this. We also help out with Upper Marion Park Partners events. So we help encourage community members to participate in Park Partners events, uh, whether that's stream cleanups, park cleanups, tree events. If awarded um, the BCA grant with Shade Tree, we will work with Upper Marion Park Partners to plan a rain garden construction event and collaborate with local groups that would like to host cleanup events. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's a fun fact, since 2019, the Upper Marion Park Partners program has collected over 2.75 tons of trash at, across 10 events. So, ton. And this is actually pictures from our most recent event, which was just about three weeks ago. It's a pub and scrub sponsored by the Schuylkill Action Network, as well as some local businesses. And it got really good attendance. Um, Vicki and I, we, we both attended. And as you can see, there were probably close to 70, 50 to 70 people that attended. So here's a look at some of our future plans, um, some a little bit specific, some general. Uh, we want to obviously pass an ordinance aimed at decreasing plastic pollution. We voted unanimously last April during Earth Month to recommend this, and we're, we met with the Board of Supervisors back in March at a workshop, and we will be meeting again in May to discuss um, the comments that have been made and reviewed from our solicitor. Uh, we will continue to work with Upper Marion Board of Supervisors, citizen boards, and staff to advance the township's pursuit of 100% renewable energy. We'll continue to identify potential grant opportunities uh, for EV charging grants. We'll look at P uh, driving PA forward, Monco 2040, if we want to have a larger project. Uh, we'll also uh, take a look at potentially uh, finding grants for electric landscape equipment uh, to transition from gas to electric as well as stormwater management grants. I know in addition to the BCA for the stormwater, or for the rain garden, we also applied to Monco 2040 for that as well. So um, we do have a decent amount of local grants that we're pursuing and we'll continue to look at for different projects. And we also wanna expand our community education and outreach regarding renewable energy, single-use plastics, native plants, stormwater management, and more. We regularly have farmers market tables um, in the summer. We're attending April or the Earth Day Festival this weekend. We did a refresh of all of our material to hand out. Two of our members are going to have their electric cars to show off to you know the public in case they have questions so they can kind of see and maybe dispel some myths about electric cars. Um, well, we can host Q&A sessions, Zoom sessions, especially with the plastic pollution reduction. We'll need to work with residents and businesses to kind of make sure everybody's properly educated. And here's a look at our current members. Uh, myself, Teresa Landway, who's unable to attend, Vicki Midas, uh, Mark Vondra, Louise Willis, Kabindra Shakya, and then our student member, Jocelyn Bilker. We also still have one remaining vacancy for anybody interested. And we just want to say a special thanks to Rose Grosso, our staff liaison, Carol Kenny, our board liaison, 
Lizzie Gorneman, a former EAC member that moved from the area, Jeff Hickman, who helped, who's helped tremendously with various initiatives and just random questions that I ask him, uh, Jerry Fatimo for leading the Park Partners Program, Barley Van Cleef for the close work with Park Partners, Tree Tenders, and the Shade Tree Commission, and Diane Riley from the Stormwater and Sanitary Authority. So with that, are there any questions, recommendations, <coughs> feedback for the EAC and what you guys would like to see done in the next year? I'm always impressed with your presentations and the data that you put together for us that it's always informative and we always learn something. So I really appreciate uh, the time you spend putting it together. I um, have some uh, questions, maybe I can lead off with a few of mine. Um, <clears throat> I was wondering about the, um, the EV chargers that are around the township. Do you know if all of those EV chargers are placed on the GPS coordinating uh, system that... Yeah, so... Pretty much every uh, EV company has their own proprietary software that links it, and then there's a bunch of different apps. One called PlugShare, which is the most common, and it has every single one, including our township. And for the longest time, it even said like only two working, you know, two are broken, or only one working, you know, everything else is broken. And now, as of a couple months ago, it says four working stations. So they are updated by like community feedback, and I've seen okay. members of the community that I know putting feedback on there, including a member of the EAC, mm -hmm. myself, so it's... So that's updated, so... Um, yeah. Okay. And it also allows you to see free chargers versus chargers that, you know, charge for... Um, for level two, like we have, is pretty low cost, but you know it's still nice to see. Like the ones at Giant are free, the ones at the township building are free. Te Tesla's not free, but Tesla's the Volta's free. free. Yes, yeah, the Volta's free. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ones at the mall are expensive. Whether it's the level two or the fast chargers, they both charge money and car. So, okay. yeah. Right. While we're on the chargers, uh, can I make one comment? Sure, go ahead. Uh, Tony, for our consideration around the township building. When the charges go in, they really should be placed on all what I'll say uh, concrete or blacktop areas. Mm -hmm. uh, this past, in fact, yesterday, there were two fires at the Tesla charging stations because of people tossing cigarette butts into the mulch. And uh -huh. there was one over the weekend as well, same location. So maybe making sure that at least on our properties that they're put down where there's uh, non-combustible materials and maybe even putting up the cigarette smoking material wow. container uh, for those people. Uh, in fact, there were so many, there were so many uh, cigarette butts in the mulch that I took pictures at the fires, sent them to the fire marshal so that we can get signs put up um, and make sure that at least until we get that resolved and, and possibly even look at the code, re uh, code requirements being modified. For those installations, I mean, they're great. They're, they're, there's not. There's. That's the only downside. I see. Uh, is that uh, the pe the people's behaviors around them create the problems for us? Yeah, yeah. it's an unintended okay. consequence. Unintended so we can't ban smokers. <laughs> No. <laughs> Smokers and people that drive EVs is kind of like a yeah, not an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, Everybody's gonna have a vice. <laughs> You want a toothpick or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, another question about the EV stations. I was wondering at the community center, just because of the parking issues that we inherently have, would it would it potentially be dedicated EV station stalls that other people wouldn't be able to, to park there? Or so that would I was, ideally be. You know, I was thinking about that after I applied for the grant. I should have included like an extra fifty dollar charge just for like an EV parking only or like you know park for a sign. Yeah, for a sign just put on there because they do sell them, and that is a problem I've noticed occasionally at the township building. 
Um, it's not as big of a problem now because there are four charging stations, but I have noticed sometimes one or two cars park in those stations and you know take up a spot. So we would have to kind of look closely at where we want to put it, whether it's yes. you know, close to the door to incentivize EV charge or, you know, an EV or a little bit further away to, you know, yeah, make sure other exercise. people don't exercise, exercise, make sure they don't, other people You're don't park Going to in a it. gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that I would anticipate yeah. pushback because we, we have, yeah. uh, depending on the hours yeah. of the day also, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the evening that there's limited parking there. So just have to be sensitive to that. So yes. where yeah. that lands, just be aware of yeah. it. Yeah, we are looking at increasing the parking. With the demolitions of the two buildings. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that could be where yeah. it could, could be. be. And then yeah. people just coming off of General Knox could just pull straight in. Mm -hmm. So that's a good consideration, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. If you haven't let Dennis Rosinski know that this application um, went through the BCA, I would definitely let him know because he's staff liaison to the Community Center Conflict Advisory Board. Yeah. And they might be very interested in knowing about this. So I did apply in conjunction with the Community Center last year for okay. it. I will reach out to them again. I kind of just went on my own because I wrote it last year. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Jeff Hickman knows about it too, so I'll, I'll, I'll loop in Dennis. Yeah. And the other uh, comment, this is it's more of a comment. Um, for the rain garden with doing the, um, the community outreach and educational aspect, um, I was thinking, I'm going over to Tony, about some of our residents that have stormwater management serious issues yes. that um, I don't know if we could dedicate a program like to those kind of residents that I think that they would benefit greatly from uh, rain, uh, rain gardens in their properties. And uh, if we could maybe just pull all that together and um, offer that to them, I think that would be a, a, even a nice gesture I, to I, solve. I think Haverford has a program where like they have a friends of the EAC or something along those lines. And if a resident wants a rain garden, you know, they'll just get X number of volunteers, go to someone's house and like do the work. They, you know, the resident supplies the money, but the, you know, group of people go out on like a Saturday morning and build it. Because it is a little overwhelming if you don't know the ins and outs of building a rain garden. You know, I've looked into it in certain parts of my yard and luckily it's not as much of an issue just because I planted some plants, but you know, um, you know, for some people I could definitely see it being useful to partner with Parks and Rec. Uh, Stormwater, tree tenders, um, shade tree. I wonder if there's even any grant opportunities for stormwater management programs to apply for our residential. And then that, that is something we could look at. I know that you know, some of the discussions, even with the uh, Sanitary and Sewer Authority, uh, when the um, stormwater uh, fee goes into play, if that is something they could also look at considering making grants available to homeowners, even though the main focus will be on uh, transportation areas and networks and flooding of local roadways and existing creek banks, et cetera, mm -hmm. that may be an opportunity that set aside a little bit of money to help um, individual mm -hmm. residents with that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, because yeah. that's, that's the, the cost. Yeah, exactly. And we can pursue Monco 2040 grants next year moving forward, you know, now that we know the grants out there and it's like a minimum $10,000 per project. So it's a large sum of money and it squarely fits into Monco 2040 sustainability goals. So I, I think that could be a reasonable um, route to go. So, so in, in order to kind of help prepare us for RF100, mm -hmm. um, could you guys look into a company called SRE Energy? SRE Energy. They, sure. they actually have a leasing program for 
for um, solar panels okay. so that we could reduce our dependency on Mm -hmm. I have a client who's now using them or looking at them to do a, a solar field farm to replace the energy they're using to run a sewer treatment plant. So yeah, I definitely SRE SRE Energy. And I know there's a couple colleges. I want to say it's Haverford and Villanova. Some of their students, we, we can just reach out to the professors and they'll actually do like a GIS survey of all of Upper Marion, essentially this, mm -hmm. and pinpoint all the municipal owned land and say, these are the best spots to install solar. Mm -hmm. So they could, they like, they would look at the roof of this building. Yeah. They yeah. would look at yeah. the storm or the sewer uh, authority. And right. Well, I, I know Mrs. Kenny has talked about putting mm -hmm. um, sheds over the parking areas to mm -hmm. install solar. Yeah. But th this, this organization actually deals with municipal governments and leasing solar mm -hmm. panels with payback. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I can do some research on that. Okay. Yeah, that was that came from I think someone else on a different committee. Mm -hmm. And the one comment I was going to make was the uh, interconnection and cross pollination of all the ideas and and issues that that EAC has been dealing with, sewer and stormwater authority, uh, shade tree commission, and. Um, who am I forgetting, ECDC and mm -hmm. Park and Rec. I mean, so many so many things that we're all discussing. We're in our own little silos, but that's partly why we have these meetings, so we can let the general public know about all the interconnections. And that's why we had our meeting a couple of weeks ago with the chairs of every single citizen board and authority. And we a lot of us are working on the, the same issues, you know, the ecology and the environment from different angles, and we're all kind of working together. Um, the idea about um, the solar roofs, there is there is one like that, Click Q-L-I-K, here in King of Prussia off of South Gulf Road. They have that, um, they have solar panels, and uh, it's right in the front of their property, and that's where they have some cars that are, um, that hook up to that, I think, for EV cars. Yeah, I don't think it supplies. Fact. Does that like sound full, familiar? To yeah, you? it doesn't supply like the full amount for cars, no, but, it's, but it offsets. Yeah. It. yeah. So there, are, you know, examples all over. But the thing about our parking lot, we had discussed that. I think we had discussed that in some previous meeting. Um, the solar power would be maybe not enough to power the entire building, but it would be something that. You would be providing shelter for the cars that are there from the sun, from the weather, and at the same time providing energy from solar, the solar panels that are, provide the roof over the cars. And at the time we were talking about that, it would be good for the, the farmer's market because you could have the vendors underneath there as well and not having to bring tents. Mm -hmm. So uh, from a lot of points of view, that sound still, even without the farmer's market, yeah. In, uh, initiative being there, um, it would certainly be worth us looking at again. So. Yeah, definitely. And there's more and more companies coming up, uh, out yeah. around here specifically. A decent amount of them are based out of Lancaster and they do a lot of installations in this area. So it could be, yeah, worth pursuing. We can kind of come up with a list of everything. Well, and, you know, if we lease them mm -hmm. as the technology changes, we don't have mm -hmm. to lock yourselves into Correct. owning them forever. Right. Yeah. I think we had actually looked at doing that a few years ago with the township building. We had grants. But we, we yeah. did have a grant. Yeah. And the grants expired. That's the, right. 
federal program expired. Right, yeah. but in yeah, this case, federal program in, program. Yeah. 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 But, it, but it, that was because we were going to get SRECs. But in this case, mm -hmm. we don't have to do anything with that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the offer to this particular client was that they'll come in, they'll build the whole thing, they'll get this approvals, and then you'll you'll actually pay the energy costs that you're generating, but you use all the energy that you have and what you don't have, you sell back okay. to the mm -hmm. to the grid and you get the cash for it. So there are significant savings in terms of the operating costs for um, for this particular client. So I think they're probably gonna go that way. Are there any last minute questions or comments or um, suggestions for I guess one quick comment is now in the IRA there are a ton of municipal opportunities for grants and clean energy that we may want to look at. That may be another thing we want to pursue and just kind of analyze what specifically is out there now compared to what was out there four years ago because everything has expired and there's new grants out there. And um, I believe there's actually an event on Monday with Mary Gay Scanlon at the Township Building mm -hmm. where she's coming to yeah. talk about the specifics of the IRA. And I, I imagine it's mainly geared towards residential, but it may be a good opportunity to ask about some... Are you going to that? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. Yeah. We can't go because we're going to be in Hershey at PSAT's oh, okay. meeting. So yeah. I was so disappointed yeah. to see that because I had already signed up for this meeting and mm -hmm. then I looked at my calendar. and Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm so thank go. you for going mm -hmm. to that. Please take notes. So I'm yes. not the only one who's calendar challenged. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked at mine. <laughs> so I understand that you're different yes. past a plastics ban. I don't know the extent of it. I know that when I went to uh, to buy something two weeks ago, uh, they didn't have a bag for me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Some of them did, and I think they have a charge of fifteen cents per bag. I just I don't know when There's they started it, but I think they passed it and implemented it pretty quickly, much quicker than what we would do. Like I, I feel like I remember hearing them passing it about like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, really. But I don't know the extent of it or anything else other than yeah. bags are included. Yeah, and not to diss for different, but it'll be a much bigger deal when it passes here in Upper Marion. Because, oh, yeah. Not because it's Upper Marion, of course, if we're Upper Marion, but because our economies are very different and that we've right. got yes, so much have, retail in Upper yeah, Marion. So yeah, much more. Yes, yeah. Well, just to point out, it, not just local, other, other local townships have been passing plastic spans. New York, New Jersey, and Delaware, we are surrounded by states that have plastic bans. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're inventing the wheel here or reinventing the wheel. Um, so I way of the future. That's where it we're is. going. It is. That's where we're going. So. Back to paper bags. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank That's you all for your presentation. Yeah. Yeah, I always absolutely. appreciate you coming yeah. in. And, Great job. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah. Continued support over the years. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all your See work. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 something up.